Cover story. Cover a story or attain that coveted story. Get it? That is exactly what you want. Quoted as the expert. The story. Headline. The spin. Every week, join us to talk about all things important to relating to the public. Your public. Craft your image. Promote your products. Create expert status. Become the buzz. Join us with the pros. PR 101. Crisis management. Media blitzing. It's all here on Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, and I am very excited. I'm actually, well, I shouldn't say I'm excited for me. I'm very sad for Joe Bellorier because he's not feeling well today, so he will not be joining us. Although I do think, uh, perchance, it's because we've got a lot of estrogen online today. And Joe's a smart man. He knows that it began as a matriarchy, and it's going to end as a matriarchy. So uh, we told you we would do it, and we've gotten a ton of mail regarding part two um, of our boomer generation women. Uh, and we have with us today Carol Osborne, PhD, who's a senior vice president of um, Fleischman Hilliard and co-chair with Eileen Marcus of Fleischman Hilliard's FH Boom. And um, they're both amazing women, PR veterans. I hate that term, but that's okay. Uh, author of 15 books, Carol is known for pioneering work addressing issues, desires, and concerns of the baby boom generation. And her most recent book is Boom! Marketing to the Ultimate Power Consumer, The Baby Boomer Woman. And uh, it's by Amicon Books, and it's co-authored by Mary Brown. Um, so without further ado, welcome Eileen Marcus and Carol Oz Orsborn. Hello. 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 So I, I, I think we smoked the boy out of the uh, the show today. It sounds like it. I think I think a little estrogen can be a lot scary. He, he's managed to avoid us three times now. <laughs> Seriously. What can I say? You women are uh, extremely uh, powerful, impressive, and, and fairly daunting. Ooh, that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. I We got a lot of very interesting feedback from the last show we did. Positive or negative? No, it was all... <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was all positive it was all oh, it was all really positive and a lot of it had to do with attitude which I was very intrigued by mm. um, we, the the attitude that you portrayed um, regarding because if people didn't listen to the first episode we had a really wonderful time we used Eileen um, sort of as your your prototype as it were um, boomer woman and um, you know people love the fact that the both of you really exemplify being alive and that this is a new blueprint for women um, and understanding the power that we have and how, you know, age is just a number and, um, you know, how we all continue to count. And I think that resonated, well, I know that resonated extremely strongly with our listening audience, both from a non-baby boomer um, aspect um, for confidence for them moving forward, as well as, you know, people that listen to us that are part of the baby boomer generation. So hats off, girls. We inspired people. That's, That's good to know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is good to know. And I actually got a couple of people who were asking if you girls were um, single. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Who's looking? You know, well, we, I can pass you, um, or I could, you know, we, we can make those introductions after the radio show. But oh, I, I have to say that um, Eileen's description was very cute. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> when we talked about, you know, um, her cool stripe in her hair and things like that, I could see why somebody would get excited. <laughs> no, Gosh. A I feel like stripe. a piece of meat. <laughs> you know, but I'm sure, I'm not going to say I am, you, but you're juicy and tender. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh, my producer just looked at me, and the, I'm getting—we're getting a promo out of this. I can see it now. <laughs> you just lit up like a Christmas tree or a Hanukkah bush. <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't it still? Is it still officially Hanukkah? I forgot. I—I I don't know. I, I ran out of candles. Was it last night? I, I think last night. Oh no! I really wanted to stretch it to today. Go for that ninth present. <laughs> <laughs> so. But 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 it's interesting how how what we discussed and we had a lot of fun with it resonated with people, and I and it really resonated on a very personal level. I think especially mm-hmm. as we're going into this holiday season and everyone looks inward, yeah, and starts questioning: Am I am I where I want to be? You know, in life, how do I get where I want to go? I'm happy with where I am. Will I continue to be where I am? Well, you know, it occurs to me that the, um, for the boomers, especially boomer women in the audience. We should let you know that we published a white paper this week called Boomer Wanted, because when you talk about soul-searching and where I want to go and this and that, um, we have done some research and have discovered that because the generation after the boomer generation is a bust, you know, there's just too few of them, that's Gen X, that um, companies are beginning to realize that they've got to hang on to their boomers. And, and whereas, especially women, I think, were looking towards the future when we were in our 30s and maybe into our 40s thinking, oh, my God, we're going to be invisible and marginalized in these young workplaces. Uh, all of a sudden, the, uh, uh, the powers that be are realizing we've got to really go after and retain these, these boomer women and, and, and be more flexible. But we, we don't want to lose that expertise and leadership um, because there just aren't enough Gen Xers to replace us yet. Well, and I mean, that that's very true. I wasn't sure if we actually mentioned that on our previous show or I heard that recently. What are the numbers of boomer people that are retiring versus like there's a, a lack of people to replace them? What, do you know what that number looks like? Well, there's 78 million boomers, the majority of the vast majority who are still working and eight out of 10 who say that they're never going to retire. Um, and then you have Gen X, which is um, 18% smaller, so that for every five boomers that retire uh, eventually, whenever they do retire, there's only four uh, Gen Xers to take their places. Um, that demographic is somewhere around 47 million. Wow. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's just uh, much smaller. And when you look at the Social Security issue, each generation funds the generation that came before them. Mm-hmm. So in terms of funding the silent generation, that was, you know, the boomers. But when you look at funding the um, the boomer generation, and there's so few, um, you know, compared to the large numbers of the boomers, that's that's one of the big issues in the Social Security debate, is how is it going to get funded? Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, let me ask you, um, let me ask you a question. I am, oh, okay, wait a second. Is, are, is the producer going to, are you writing a question for me to ask? He is. Let's see. <laughs> we'll, we'll let him supersede my question. Are there any limits on how to market to boomers taking into consideration their income status? Well, there's going to be a limit in terms of what you market, um, you know, and how they get their information. So if, um, you know, if we're talking luxury products, like any other, you know, product campaign, you're going to segment your audience and, and you know, funnel, you know, to their sweet spot. So it, I think that if that answers his question, that segments, you know, the kinds of products you're going to market. And it also looks at um, the kinds of um, communication channels you're going to need 
um, you know, lower-income people may not have as much access to um, computers. Mm-hmm. Or if they do, it's maybe at a library or some other public facility. So, you know, you have to take into consideration all of these um, issues when you... Um, you know, when when you're targeting a certain uh, demographic group, and it, it could be anyone, not just boomers. Well, see, that's it. And I think his the, the clearer question from him was, do boomers have more income than the previous than Gen X? Historically. Oh, tr- yeah. Uh, tremendously so. Um, uh, boomer households, uh, on average, have $10,000 per year over Gen X. And the reason for, for that... Right, and the reason for that being that they're obviously more deeply seated in... Um, you know, in their job, in their career, right. then they're at the higher earning, but higher earning rates at that point in their lives. Right, and something that resonated with the audience, which I just want to reinforce here, which we were we were talking about, and then we'll get on to truly marketing to to boomers is um, what in, in what you started to say that people start getting scared in their thirties and forties that oh my god, am I going to disappear? And that it seems like the industry keeps getting younger, or the marketplace keeps getting younger and younger. These tw- there are these twenty-year-old you know whippersnaps that come into the industry, and am I going to become invisible? And listen carefully, what you know, what what um, you know, Carol and Eileen said, which is absolutely not. Every time a boomer person leaves the marketplace, it takes five of us Gen X to replace them. So there, you know, as long as you continue to be committed and inspired there's a place for you in the workforce. And that is the trick. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, getting, getting to a point in your life where you can refresh yourself having done the same thing over and over. And um, uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the keys to why FH Boom is, is so successful, I think. It's because, you know, Eileen and I both really wanted something we could sink our teeth into that would be passionate and inspiring. You know, we still do all the other stuff the PR people do, but... Um, you know, if 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 you can spark if you can spark the flame anywhere, the whole thing you know lights up. Well, it's a, it's a matter of uh, you know also entrepreneurial ability um, and what your organization or your company allows you to do. And uh, one of the things about Fleischman is that um, this isn't a plug. It's just that it's the kind of environment where um, at any age you're you're um, urged and rewarded for being an entrepreneur and um, so that's the genesis of where you know FH Boom came from we saw we had a capability and said okay well let's move forward with this and I, and I know that for younger folks um, for, for certain you know that entrepreneurial quality is revered and um, taking that as an opportunity to grow yourself in a company or, or on your own is, is to me um, a win-win for everyone. Oh, absolutely. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, let's start talking about how you can segment properly Mm -hmm. to reach this all-important boomer audience. We'll be right back with Cover Story. Stick around. Cover Story. We'll be back after this short break. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Are your domains working hard enough for you? 
park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that ValueClick Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with ValueClick Media. i got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit ValueClick Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Details. Value Click Media. Welcome to Life Tips. Do some heat 101 entrepreneur tips. Do you have your ear to the ground with hot businesses? I think blogs are doing amazingly right now. I know several people who started blogging, giving up any other sort of businesses because their blogs have become so popular because they're providing the revenue stream coming from affiliate marketing, ads, and other business partnerships they're creating with other businesses. Life Tips. Live broadcast Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. We're on demand anytime inside the entertainment channel. Only on Webmaster. Radio.fm. Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement. WebmasterRadio.fm. It's like radio with a PhD. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin. Very much missing my Joe Belorier. Uh, so sending him out good vibes to feel better because he's not feeling well today. But it is Estrogen Day here on Cover Story. And uh, we are rejoined with Carol Orsborn, PhD, Senior Vice President of Fleischman Hilliard's FH Boom, and uh, co-chair Eileen Marcus, of course, of Fleischman Hilliard's um, FH Boom. Welcome back, girls. Thank you. Thank you. Terrific. So let's start talking. I know last time um, in part one, we discussed, you know, e- you know, making things as easy as possible, really segmenting your audience. So you're speaking very clearly and directly to them. Do you have any um, any documentation that says that the, the biggest segment of marketing to boomers is specific industries? Which which industries um, are, are going after boomers or should be going after boomers? Yes. Oh, well, sure. <sighs> well, obviously, there's the obvious ones like the pharmaceutical companies, um, health care, health products, um, beauty products, especially pro-aging as opposed mm-hmm. to anti-aging. Right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I, you know, there's some that ought to be, like the fashion industry. Um, the money is still with the boomers. However, there's been a couple of high-profile fashion companies that have really backed off lately, which is too bad, like the, the switch from Angelina Jolie, I mean, to Angelina Jolie from a bona fide boomer um, for St. John. Um, that's that's a real setback. Who was that? Who was previous? Who, um, it, it, was the, it was the daughter or the sister or something of, of the uh, founder of St. John's. It was a family member who was their face for years and years. And then she hit her, like, mid-40s, and all of a sudden, they were replacing her with Angelina Jolie. How hideous. I mean, outside the fact that, like, she does not skew to that marketplace whatsoever. 
No, the clo- no, the clothes don't. Unless they're going to do, you know, they're going to do like they're going to pull a Tom Ford and completely revamp the yeah, image. Yeah. But then it wouldn't be St. John. Isn't that amazing? How companies are making? I mean, let's. I mean, that's a whole other topic unto itself. Is you know pulling out a big name like that? But at the yeah. end of the day, the people that are buying St. John really don't care. I would think about Angelina Jolie. Well, they're trying to get different people to want to care. Right, but they need to change the product then. I, I, exactly. In because, my opinion. So. Right, because I, I, I'm not, I'm very proud, I'm in my 30s still, um, which is neither here nor there. My birthday is next month, so I'm having a bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, I most likely would not be wearing a knitted skirt and top, which is historically what St. John... Now, you look at Missoni and what a great job they did. You know, they turned their their brand around. It was also at one point, you know, a little more not conservative, but they weren't known for being youthful, um, certainly elegant. And now mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's such a youthful look they have to um, to their to their um, you know their actual design and also how they market it, the ads, the people who wear their product, you mm-hmm. know, their designs. It's it's a totally different approach. Oh, absolutely. But I think the, the interesting thing in regard to Missoni is Missoni always, I think the difference is Missoni has always been super high priced. Right, right. So that would lend itself maybe more toward, quote unquote, people with a boomer pocketbook. Right. But, um, you know, basically they've, they have the same styles they used to have. It's just they're, they're marketing it different. Mm-hmm. Because my mom wore Missoni, you know, in her 30s. Yeah. Um. Because it was right. timeless. Right. Which is nice. Better. Which is nice. But isn't that interesting? Because I was also looking like, I think Carly Davidson is using Lauren Hutton. That's interesting. <laughs> now, for some reason, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, we do know that boomers are the biggest purchasers of motorcycles. And um, I don't know if you know that AARP sells motorcycle insurance, which I think is great. Absolutely. Good. Um, and then uh, Vespa and places like that are really going after boomer women. Um, uh, again, because, you know, the, um, it, it, it matches the self-identity of being uh, free and independent and a little rebellious and defying the stereotypes. So uh, I think Lauren Hutton sort of works on that, uh, on the back of a motorcycle really well. I think I'd buy a motorcycle just knowing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the ad's actually very cute because it says, you know, that like how much the, the motorcycle costs. Mm-hmm. And it says, you know, Lauren Hutton not included, priceless. Right. right? <laughs> Which I thought was ado- right, adorable. Right. And she is, you know, and she is. She's a timeless beauty. I mean, I yeah. think men of all age would look at her and think, wow, I'd yeah. like her on the back of my bike. Right. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, so we're seeing in a lot of ways, we're seeing a lot of, I think, the lines blurred so that. Women become this mature, you know, you hit 30 and you become mature. And then if you if you um, keep your appearances up, then you just become timeless or ageless. I'm, yeah. a, I'm ageless. And I think that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful way to put it, um, that we're not getting older because beauty is ageless, I think, and timeless because it's your, it's your inner self that we were talking about as mm-hmm. we did last time. So mm-hmm. whoever did it. To your point, Brandy, that's really a good point. Got it really right, I think. Yeah, and, and uh, just bringing this around to a marketing spin. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the phrases you never want to use when marketing to women is she looks good for, for her age. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Angel's beauty is fine, but you know, all these people say, "God, you look great for your age." You know, it's like, well, no, thank you. You know. Yeah, I actually got. We won't. We won't expound on this. But someone told me that I was a hot milf. A what? Oh, I know what that is. Y- yes. Okay. Uh, and, I hear someone laughing in the background. Yeah, that's my producer. <laughs> don't laugh at that. And and at the end of the day, if those people that know what it is, terrific. Those of you that don't, you can go on a search engine and figure it out. Um, I would be very proud to be a mother, but I'm not. So it's the same thing, yeah. right? Just because I'm over the age of 20 doesn't mean that I'm necessarily a mother. If you want to give, if you want to give me a compliment, tell me you think I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. Don't automatically assume yeah. that I that I'm with child. Right? So let's and, all right. So let's talk more. So it's it's beauty, it's pro aging, it's insurance. It's, I would assume, travel. Travel's very big. Um, you know, anything that's, um, I would assume, you know, um, holistic, vitamins. Right. Um, health and fitness. Absolutely. Like curves is a huge phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, places like Weight Watchers and mm-hmm. Nutrisystem are, are having unprecedented success right now. And men, much of it is drawn on, you know, it's, it's being driven by the boomers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about a couple. Like we talked about LL Bean before, which was great. Let's talk about a couple of campaigns that are really working, and then let's talk about like, come on, people, if you want to market to this segment, this is what you need to do, and do not be like, like you know, you were talking about how having Angelina Jolie for St. John, like really, right. if St. John is listening, <laughs> give Fle- clients, yeah, so <laughs> give Fleischman Hellyard the money. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> let, let us tell you which end is up. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, you know, Angelina's going to use it to go get another baby in another country, which is great. But um, meanwhile, it's not going to be driving more people to buy St. John clothes. Mm-hmm. You just threw that money away. I just wonder if it is. I mean, if there's any research on it. We're speaking just anecdotally. But um, I'm wondering what the research is telling them if the uh, campaign is working. I would think the only way, and this is just off the top of our head, and we yeah. don't know those people for, you know, I would think that if anything, that it maybe it reinforces the market segment that they already have with a more mature audience because someone youthful, like, quote unquote, like Angelina Jolie, you know, uh-huh. who represents sex and class and all of that, um, is wearing the clothes. So maybe they're not going, you know, at second yeah. glance, maybe they're not going for a younger demo. Right. Maybe they're just right. trying to reinforce the demo that they have. Right, the elegance aspect of it. Yeah, but but I have to say that, that if that's the case, I mean, the things that I do know that are empirical, I think we mentioned last time that Moore Magazine, when they leave the wrinkles on the eyes and they show an older woman and things like that, um, they sell more covers. Now, that doesn't mean they don't put them in dowdy clothes. In fact, if you, if you look at Moore Magazine, they used to have them right. in, um, in, in high neck collars and things like that. Right. Now they're in plunging necklines dressed to kill, but they're still older women, being older women. And um, uh, that said, I think they're, like, when we're talking ageless, I mean, mm-hmm. there's no problem having uh, an iconic beauty of any age. I mean, I think w- women will respond to an image. Um, yeah, if they aspire yeah. to. Absolutely. But I think it's got to be ageless beauty. And to me, Angelina Jolie, um, well, I don't know. Uh, she just doesn't strike me as, like, that um, iconic transcends all the ages. She seems more trendy and with a time and a place. Right. Maybe I'm wrong about that. That's just me. No, I agree with you. It's like um, Isabella Rossellini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. F- for years was a face of Lancome. Right. 
Right. And I think they just replaced her. Am I am I wrong? Yeah, they did. Not well in a couple couple years, I think. Which to me is so sad because she grew up with a brand. Mm-hmm. And to me she represented Lancome and she represented true classic beauty right. elegance. I don't care if I'm 10, 12 or 222. <laughs> I want to I, yeah. I aspire mm-hmm. to to look <laughs> like Isabella right. Rossellini. Um, all right, so let's do this. We'll take one more quick break, um, and uh, we'll, we'll try to get down to business. I, I can't help talking the fun stuff, but I think it's still very interesting um, when I'm speaking with Carol Orsborn and Eileen Marcus. So we'll be right back. Stick around. Cover story. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. It keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah, I get all my information online. (laughs) I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. (laughs) Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at RevenueToday.com. Mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine, the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to revenuetoday.com. Don't get bullied by the big guys. LookSmart is your budget-friendly online advertising alternative, offering businesses of all sizes affordable, targeted, pay-per-click advertising. And whenever you need help, whether you're just getting started or a seasoned vet, LookSmart offers accessible customer support for all advertisers, no matter the size. We call it pay-per-click power to the people, and it's only available here at LookSmart. Log on to ppcpowertothepeople.com and join the revolution today. On top of the World Wide Web stands an elite class of multi-billion dollar online internet giants. Excellence and execution and exposure are key. WebmasterRadio.fm has gathered together an elite society of experts that will give you the tools necessary to move ahead of the path. Affiliate marketing, advertising, and public relations. Find your way to the top. Check out the affiliate marketing, advertising, and public relations section on demand on WebmasterRadio.fm. Get hooked, wrapped, and dished. All week long on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Cover Story. We're reserving a headline for you. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Hello, everyone. This is Brandy Shapiro-Babin, winding right into our third segment, which is so very sad because I find these women so utterly interesting and a wealth of knowledge. And uh, I think our conversations are very much like eavesdropping. I think if you're marketers, you should eavesdrop on these conversations (laughs) so that you can deploy uh, some of the tactics that we're just having from um, just good conversation. So welcome back again, Carol Orsborn, PhD, and Eileen Marcus, both of Fleischman Hilliard's FH Boom. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you are. You know, there's so many things that I always want to do when I have you girls on online. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's just, it's, it's great. Like, this is just great conversation. 
<laughs> the people don't have. Right. What, what you don't know, but we, we've already decided we want to start the show with you. Whatever it is, we're going to, you know, call it the Boomer Girls or something. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to get a little older first, Brandy. No, I know. Yeah, next because we're not getting any older. No, yeah, that's it. We'll, we'll so wait for you to catch you'll up. catch up. Right. No, 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 no. I, I already stopped my, my internal clock. <laughs> oh, good. Like several years ago. Yeah. I'm I going... actually feel like 38, maybe 37, so maybe we're around the same age. Yeah. You know, that's about... I, I'm 24. That's about it for me too. Mm-hmm. I'm 24, but with the wisdom of like a 60 year old. Um, you know, my 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 mom. This is a silly side thing. My mom is a, a published author, and she had her own syndicated newspaper column, and, and you know, a radio show and TV show, and all of these fun things. And she would get up on stage, and one day, um, she was she was lecturing, and someone asked her, um, you know, how old are you? Because people always ask my mother, how old are you? Mm-hmm. Because my my mother my mother is absolutely stunning like I did not hit the gene pool she's got like small hips tiny waist she's like my mother could wear a burlap sack and she'd sweep into a room so she was lecturing this is years ago and people you know how old are you how old are you so finally someone got up and they said may I ask how old are you please and she said 76 years young which she wasn't because she's not 76 yet yet <laughs> but you know in the entire audience stood up and applauded really you mean she made herself sound a lot older just to, to make herself look good yeah well just to shut people <laughs> up just to like say you know what like come on because my mom really is the one that taught me dead at 99 alive at 99 ages like <laughs> age doesn't matter so she thought she was being really snide and shutting people up in the audience and they actually were st- foolish enough to think that she just looked really good from afar. Um, gotcha. Right? But it, it but it's but it's true. So yes, I I celebrate every year um my birth mm-hmm. but not my year. Right. But you know, it's really interesting because all the research says that boomers, especially boomer women are like, you know, pro-age and accepting their age and everything, but who amongst us doesn't get a little glow when somebody thinks we're a lot younger than we are? You know, so it's sort of like a little bit of um, double speak or something. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think. Well, I think that we're. I think that there's preconceptions in, um, or not. I shouldn't say preconceptions, but I think in the world we're set up to think that that's a positive thing. Yeah. Which oh is my interesting. God. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. uh, did you did you see um, Enchanted the the film that Disney put out? Um, it's, it takes a fairy tale and brings it to Manhattan, brings it to life. No, not yet, but I want to. I, I actually love the film, but there's one thing that is extremely disturbing in it. Okay. And, <laughs> and that is um, the beautiful but wicked stepmother when she turns into a witch mm-hmm. and, you know, gets osteoporosis <laughs> and, and bad teeth and bad hair and, you know, all the stuff that exaggerates all the bad side of aging that we don't want to be. And I haven't seen a fairy tale for a long time, you know, the classic fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so here it is, it's being represented in a new context. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself, my God, that is my image of aging. That, that, those are the images. Did you read uh, the fairy tales and see all the Disney films we were growing yeah. up? The Wicked Witch yeah. with the... Yeah, they were prone. Yeah. You know, and, and I start to think to myself, you know, I'm taking medicine for osteopenia right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I'm, you know, worrying about my hair thinning. And those are all the things that are preventing you from ending up looking like that. But, but you know, we're, we're running one, one step ahead of the terror. Yeah, but I think that, I think, I, first of all, I think you're making a good point. Second of all, Disney, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> <laughs> please personify evil. 
in a different way because you're not going to get all those wonderful grandparents and older parents taking their kids to see your movies. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, but, but we have so many things that are preventative today. So what you're doing is preventative, which is positive, which goes back to all the pharmaceutical companies marketing and saying, you know, you have options that you're not, you don't have to be that, you know, like remember 20 years ago, there were all, everyone who was over like 60 had was little blue haired women. Yeah. When was the last time you saw a woman with blue hair? Unless she was goth. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Eileen, what color is your hair today? Is <laughs> yeah. it? Oh, but she's she's not little and she's not old. And it's a blue, and it's it's a blue, blue. stripe. Oh, uh, kidding. I know. I know. You'd have to have those little, uh, those little, those tiny little um, rollers. Oh, yeah, those little curls that they do. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you that was one of the most interesting things. Um, I went to seven countries this year. Oh wow! Um, uh, and uh, on a tour with boomer experts, and the most interesting thing was going to the Netherlands because they have a big affair for boomers and beyond, where. I think 90,000 people came to this thing. It's, wow. it's on the crossroads of the major railways. And so the women come from all directions, the entire country. Anybody that's over like 45 or 50 shows up. And I haven't seen a group like this in years because, and I had just come from the AARP convention, and they couldn't be any more different because in the Netherlands, they have a tradition of not dyeing their hair. Mm-hmm. And so the women really look their real ages. Mm. You know, they were only 50 or 55 or maybe 60, but they, uh, to my eye, I thought, wow, who are all these old people? Right. And then, just as a mental trick, I imagined them with really cool haircuts mm-hmm. and coloring the hair, and I realized that they did look like the same as my friends and and um, and, and how the AARP convention looked, which was much hipper and much younger looking, mm-hmm. but the same aged people. What about attitude? Did you find that there was an attitude difference with these women? Um, well, I, th- I think it's all a package, isn't it? I mean, they just look sort of like settled into being the the uh, the head of the family kind of uh, dowager. Dowager, yeah. I mean, it looked, yeah, it did. It did. It absolutely looked like they were not in the mainstream competing. Yeah, but so, so see, now you just said a couple of things that are interesting. Okay, and and I'd love to see the difference. <laughs> oh, stop! You you know you got one per show, and I'm glad you hit it, Carol. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, folks. She has a PhD, and as you can all hear, she's brilliant. Oh, uh, thanks. I don't want to get my, my hate mail when I'm like, I know I love Carol. Uh, <laughs> it was a joke. It was a bad one. Um, but see, isn't that interesting? Look at you. Shame on you, Carol. Isn't it all a package? Preconceived notions, right? Now, these women probably dance naked under the moon, <laughs> right? And, and, right? And have orgies or God knows what, and maybe they cycle, you know, maybe they're doing all of these, you know, they're, they're you know, they're jumping out of planes because they're they feeling... They have gray hair while they do it. Right. right. Yeah. And well, you're, you know, you're, you're probably right about that, but I did have to say that the women that, that were there that I knew had big positions, they had styled hair and, and, and colored hair and all that stuff. Well, you know, they, if they come from rural you know, rural areas there, you know, then their lifestyle is, you know, fits in, you know, it's all the context of where they're from. And they may, they may be much more physical at their ages than their mothers were. I mean, they they might be out in the fields or whatever. I don't know what you do in (laughs) in rural places, but, you know, they they may, um, just because we are healthier at our age, 
um, and feeling more vital than our parents were because of the pharmaceuticals and things like mm-hmm. that. They, they are, I think you're absolutely right, and they probably are dancing around the fields at night <laughs> when the full moon comes out. But, you know, it's interesting because it is, uh, it, I actually have a, a very good friend of mine whose mother, they're from Norway, and his mother doesn't, she doesn't color her hair either. She's a stunning woman. And she's very, and I always say to her, you know, you're so fortunate that, you know, you're so stunning because, like, the, your your hair color just doesn't really fit into our culture. And most women would look old. And she doesn't. But isn't that interesting how we have preconceived notions based on what we're used to? And what yeah. we're used to is a bunch of people, a bunch of marketers telling us what it is that we need to do to become the norm and be accepted. Mm-hmm. So well, maybe it's even... More macro than we expect. Maybe we're all dancing to a to a bigger tune here. Um, you know, one that uh, sells product for your hair and sells makeup for your face, and and we still buy it because we want to look, uh, we want to be relevant in in the workplace or with mm-hmm. our significant others. And so, really, think of it that way. Right, based on cu- based on culture. Right. I, I wonder. I wonder if we get how powerful we are. Like, uh, this white paper that we published that talks about the fact that there aren't enough Gen Xers behind us. You know, if you're afraid that younger people are out for your jobs and you have to compete, of course you want to look younger and have your hair colored and everything. Mm-hmm. If we really got, let's say a couple years from now, all of a sudden the companies are realizing, oh my God, they're competing for the few of, you know, th- those of us that are at the top of our fields because they need leadership in, in this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, whatever it is, not just marketing, but industry, whatever. Uh, I wonder if if women will relax about that because they're just naturally powerful the way, you know, older men have been. Just yes. think about it. You know, paunchy. Exactly. You know, yeah. Um, they and have been, you know, continue with their leadership in every single way in, in the workplace. But I They're not marginalized. No. Why do women have to take on, you know, the hair coloring and the makeup and and the clothes and the and the svelte body and you know to be to to be considered relevant in the workplace isn't this just another form of you know uh, women's issues in the workplace? I agree, and I don't have the answers, but I would tend to think a couple of things. I'm a very you know Brandyism number seven hundred forty two. It's all about setting. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about setting a precedent, mm-hmm. and the precedent was, and we are we are the first generation of women without right. a blueprint and prior right. to this men were the breadwinners and it didn't matter if your man was winning bread and he was 400 pounds right you know and he, but he used to be the quarterback in right. high school and that's the man you fell in love with or whatever because the men always took the lead position and then I think that women always felt that they had to compete mm-hmm. with other women compete with the men right. to have their position and they never just said you know what like look at me based on merit just like you do another man and I think we'll see that change mm-hmm. but I do think that a lot of this has to do with fear yeah with fear. and with and so many women are alone now so they have to have their jobs they have to secure their own futures I mean there's a lot there's a lot of fear I, I, wouldn't it be fascinating to see if, if Hillary Clinton were happened to be elected president, how she would start dressing on her second term? Right. <laughs> dressing? Dressing. Just, how, you know, would, would, would she wear the same designers as when Bill was president? <laughs> well, but he let, him, he let his hair go gray and stuff, you know? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Would, would she? But you know something? I think you're right. If I'm not mistaken, I don't remember. Think back. That's an excellent, excellent point. When Hillary was in office... I think, or when she was not, well, you know, when she was the first lady, right. I think she dressed more designer chic 
Right. Where now her suits are very, um, you know, St. John <laughs> or, 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 or old-fashioned Chanel looking. Yeah. When um, I think that's an excellent point because the perception is different. She needs to appeal to men and she needs to appeal to women and she right. needs to not be threatening either. Right. Because if she looks too sexy, that's not good. It's not good. If she but, but, but then there's maybe a place you get to when you're powerful enough that you can dress however you want. That's Oprah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or, or, Madel- or Madeline Albright. Yeah, I was or say Madeline Albright. Uh, or or um, uh, who was the one that was the prime minister of, of Margaret England? Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher, Thatcher. <laughs> yeah. But that's a different culture, right? Yeah. When you think about it, that's a different... Yeah, they have to wear hose. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're not going to go back to that. No, thank God. Do you know anybody that wears pantyhose, by the way? What happened to that industry? I feel so horrible for them. I was just having a conversation with friends the other night as I was trudging in Chicago last week. They came up with Spanx. Yeah. yeah, There you go, which I haven't tried, but I I, I want to. After I attempted riding my bike to work today, and I only got halfway here. (laughs) So, um, but you know, isn't this, I mean, these are such interesting. points about people, about their orientation, about how to market to them, and how people like to cling on to. Um, Status quo. Yeah. And so how and, and who creates that? So, you know, I always say with the media, you know, it's, 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 it's clinging on to something tangible that has been marketed toward us. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the thing is, it's inter- this is an interesting time for marketers, because we can tell you today what boomers want to wear, men and women, mm-hmm. and, and, what, and where they want to travel. We can look at that. But anybody that sits here and tries to predict, even a yeah. few years out, um, it's really um, foo-foo. <laughs> this is spoken by PhD. It's foo-foo. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, because, as you said, there has never been a generation that has still been this vital, still much at work, you know, still uh, has unprecedented education and wealth. And um, I think people are fascinated. I'm fascinated by the fact that that first gal uh, was, uh, the, the, the very first boomer was able to collect early Social Security, and she took it. Mm-hmm. You know, because every survey that we see says that boomers are going to work forever. And then you have to ask yourself, well, is this our fantasy? You know, are we being idealistic optimists or, or not wanting, are we in denial about what we really want? You know, because um, who would have ever thought that any of us would have taken early retirement? And here, the very first one that gets all this press around the world took it. Where does she live? Yeah, uh, you know? gee, I don't remember. I mean, is she in New York City? Yeah, I, it was a major market person. You know, yeah. somebody that was you know gets has gotten attention all these years, so she certainly knows the eyes are on her mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Right, which is interesting. Let's see how long she'll she'll you know a lot of people um, you know from from a bit of research that I've done, and you girls can confirm it or not. A lot of times people will retire and then a year or two later think, I, I'm not contributing. Right. I thought I waited my whole life because I was sold this thing that you work, you know, you work your tail off and then 55, you know, you step out of the workplace and you play golf or travel or get an RV or whatever and, and you're retired. And most people are bored with being retired because mm-hmm. what have you done your whole life? You worked. You take the work away, and that's like half of who you are as a person. Well, yeah, that your identity is definitely tied into your work. Mm-hmm. No question. Yep. And at the end of the day, how much golf can you really play? Yeah. Well, I think that whole golf thing, it came out of, in that post-World War II era, when people were moving out to the suburbs, you know, there was this this um, idealized notion of what retirement would be. But back in those days, the average person lived to be 62 years old. 
So, you know, if you retired... If you retired at 65 and the average age was 62, if you were lucky, you'd have maybe a year of it. God, isn't that crazy? Which I guess would be the perfect way to have your your own true send-off out of right. this world. <laughs> and when Social Security was introduced, the average person lived to be um, in their early 40s. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And what's our, what's the average age right now? Oh, it's, it's well into the 70s, but... Um, I think the average boomer is going to live into their 80s. 80s yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the turn of the last century, the average lifespan around 1900 was in the 40s. So just think how far we've come in 100 years. I mean, honestly, I mean, people really need to think about that in 100 years. I mean, I know I'm from Massachusetts originally, and I'm from a very old New England town, and the, and the houses were actually built in the 1600s. And when you look at um, the door frames... Mm-hmm. They were built for like max, sure. yeah, like people were like five two, five four, and it's amazing to see, yes, in a hundred years, how much we've evolved. Yeah, we're yeah, natural, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like from a natural selection standpoint. Like, I, I think I think we are living at a moment of momentous trans transition and transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we represent the Red Hat Society. I don't know if you know those those gals. There's um, 40,000 chapters of them all around the country and then 30 countries around the world. And, wow. you know, when they when they were founded, women could count on turning 50, which is mm-hmm. um, the age that you join this organization, and becoming invisible and marginalized. Right. And um, now it's just 10 years later. Well, first of all, they themselves are ubiquitous, that, you know, the red hats and the purple outfits are everywhere. And um, it's extremely attention-getting. But the real news of this is the the sponsors and the marketers and um, you know the attention they're getting from people that that are trying to reach this market. So you know, far from being invisible, they're being sought after as a very and they have viable. To pick and choose. Yeah, they Wait, pick and choose, which is nice so, because they're a very cash positive group of people who absolutely know what it is that they like. And what a great test market! If you're out there with a new with a new product, what a great test market because these people will tell you what it is that they like. And they already have, like, a path that they've been on for a long time. Well, not for a long time, but, you know, for a considerable amount of time to be able to show what they would and wouldn't consider to be an authoritative or trusted source. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so that's the other thing that at FH Boom that we're doing right now is we're looking at the uh, the influencer groups. Uh, we were just talking about this earlier today. We don't think it's celebrities anymore. You know, it used to be that if you got a celebrity to endorse a product, that uh, you could move lots of people. But the boomer generation is not really celebrity-driven. Um, if anything, they're a little bit rebellious. Uh, so it's really, uh, it's, it's really the friendship groups, you know, the social networking, as you would expect to be for younger people. But mm-hmm. the surprise is, is that it's true for boomers, too. So finding out where and how those networks are operating, and they're often below the radar. Which is interesting. So how does one, we need to, I always do this with you girls. We need to unfortunately wrap this up pretty soon. And of course, I'm going to have to ask you to come back again. Oh, boy. I really enjoy you, as does our listening audience who are trying to also make love connections for themselves with you. <laughs> I, think <that's, laughs> I think that's so great. I've had a lot of people ask me for a lot of things after I've done a show. <laughs> but <laughs> that's so great. Hot women. Um <laughs> funny <laughs> it is it's so great um but i i just now i just completely knocked myself off track um well it's okay i think it was your description when you called us beautiful and elegant you described us in such detail i think if they saw a picture maybe 
Oh, that's so... Yeah, they that, changed their mind. Yeah, you're quite a We're PR pretty much uh, middle-aged women. <laughs> yeah, if there's anybody listening yet again this week, don't get your hopes too high. Right, right. Um, okay, funny. maybe you're selective, but I've seen the both of you, and I'll be uh, All right, never mind. Yeah, I mean, really, self-deprecating <laughs> does not look good on either one of you. Um, so how does one find these underground social media organizations to pen you know to infiltrate them for their own greedy purposes well i'll start by saying it helps one to be one you know mm-hmm. it's one of those things that uh, if you're in the demographic um which is one of the reasons it's great that we have people who are boomers in in fh boom we have younger people as well but uh, I, I think also in terms of the creation of advertising, I think it's great if you have a boomer on the staff. It doesn't have to be driving it or um, it doesn't have to be the only uh, – you don't have to have a, an advertising or marketing PR firm that's all boomers. But, uh, you know, the same way if you have an image of young people is, is always like running around with iPods in their ears and, and going to raves and, you know, wearing spiky hair, you're not going to really get what it means to be a young person. And, uh, you know, vice versa, I think it's really important to note that not all uh, boomers are like walking on the beach holding hands with nice, soft, hazy light in the background like people show us. No, don't say that. I want to have something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not all the time anyway. And it's certainly not the only image because if you look at most, so many of the ads out there, they always portray us the same way as like sort of peacefully walking along the beach holding hands. That to me is a younger person's idea of what we're doing as opposed to what we're really doing. Right, which is in, which is interesting, the perception versus reality. Um, okay, so we are going to have you girls back. Um, we, we will let you know, Webmaster Radio listeners, when that will be. Um, we do need to, unfortunately, close out uh, the session today, although we have so many interesting topics to <laughs> to yet unfold. So, of, of course, I've got them on, on online right now, and I'm, you know, they can't be rude you know, in the middle of the radio show and say they won't come back. <laughs> That's what I we'll do. be back. Yay, thank you. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for spending the time with us today. I think this was a very interesting talk um, and inspirational as well. Um, wow. Thank and I think you we should, much. thank you girls. And I think we should also all write to St. John and say, you know, we love Angelina Jolie, <laughs> but <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> Anyway, this is Brandy Shapiro-Babin. Thank you again to Carol Orsborn, PhD, and Eileen Marcus, both of Fleischman Hilliard's FH Boom. You will be hearing more from these wonderful women right here on webmasterradio.fm and Cover Story.